Shalom Chaverim. Thank you for joining me on this very warm Wednesday evening. Well, it is July, and one would expect it to be hot and and humid, and we've had some nice weather so far. It hasn't been that warm. You are Chaverim. You're aware that the word rabbi means teacher. What is the job of a teacher? To teach. And so I see my job and the job of my colleagues to teach and then to get out of the way so you can find your way. There are a lot of branches in Judaism, a lot of groups in Judaism, different different names for them. Maybe you've heard of Reform, Conservative, um, Orthodox, Reconstructionist, Haredi, Chabad, uh, Lubavitcher, Hasidic, all different forms of Judaism. And here on TikTok, there are individuals who represent a lot of these groups, organizations, and forms of Judaism. Best advice you could give someone, it's the importance of being earnest. You see, everyone else is taken except you. You have to be you. You need to find your path, your way. I'm me. So you don't want to be someone else. So someone just said, the best advice is to be yourself, to find yourself, to find out who you are, to find out your place in the system. You're not your name, you're not your rank, and you're not your serial number, okay? I used to have curly hair. I used to have a black beard, a black mustache. I'm still me. I had cataract surgery a number of years ago. Wore glasses my whole life. I'm still me. So those are are accidents, if you will. I don't know another word for it, but they're not who you are. And you're listening, you're reading, you're not beginning, you're in the process of finding out your place in the system. So the best advice is find out who you are and then be that person. If we can find a job, an occupation that reflects who we are, we'll be happier. One can convert to Judaism. It's a matter of studying. But the book of Ruth truly is the model for conversion in Judaism where Naomi says to Ruth, your God will be my God, your people will be your people, whether thou goest, I will go. And so Judaism has used that as the model, and what we've decided is, what do you need in order to make the statement, I'm Jewish, I accept Judaism, I like the way Judaism views the universe. Maybe you'll study for a year, maybe 
Are you related to the world of... No. Um, I'd like to claim being related to Joshua Block, but, but maybe I don't know if I am. Let me rephrase that. My original family name was B-L-E-C-H, and it was changed to B-L-O-C-K. So it's not an original Block, because Block is a an older name here in the United States. So B-L-E-C-H. So if someone's listening or could research it, find out if Joshua Block, what if Block was his family name, and if it wasn't, what it was originally. Someone just said, I don't think you want to be related to him. I don't know. He's here on TikTok, and he has a following, and he's he's a celebrity, So, and we share the same last name. I've never had occasion to make a decision. So going back to the question of conversion, what you want to do is find a rabbi to study with. A rabbi who reflects your views, your attitude, and begin to study. And then see if you want to be Jewish. And I do interfaith, gay, lesbian, the whole, because, as I've said before, individuals, two two individuals should not be denied the right to be joined together. Now, the Ibrit Mila circumcision, conservative and orthodox require that for conversion. Reform does not. Okay? Reform sees the circumcision as a medical procedure and it's not something as an adult we require someone to undergo, just like mikvah. We do not require someone to go to mikvah to convert the the ritual bath. However, if someone wants to, I would encourage them and I would would support it. And I do not require circumcision or three drops of blood of someone circumcised in order to convert. Because we're dealing with spirituality. We're dealing with who you are. We're dealing with emotions and feelings. Conversion isn't about um, facial recognition of characteristics. It's not about our bodies. Conversion is how we identify, how we, how we identify, how we unite with God. And so there is a Jewish system for uniting with God. And if someone comes to me, if any of you are interested in converting, please send me an email, rabbiblock at hotmail.com, and I'd be glad to review with you the study that I require. And it's not the same study another rabbi would require. Therefore, you want to go to services or Talk to a rabbi. Doing birthright. No, definitely do birthright. It doesn't obligate you to anything. It's a good way to visit Israel. Free. Someone else is paying. To get to see the history, the country, the geography, the places where things happen. So please, if you have a chance, definitely go on birthright. Now the question of patrilineal descent. Reform Judaism recognizes if either the father or mother is Jewish, the offspring are Jewish. 
Orthodox still adheres to the older concept that the religion follows the religion of the mother. And so this is, uh, who do you want to identify with? How do you see your Judaism? And what are going to be, uh, who will be your people? In reform, either parent. For Orthodox, only the mother. Conservative, you'll find rabbis who say both. Are you concerned with the rise? I don't need the rest of the sentence. Um, so that's conversion. Now, someone asked about Messianic Jews. It's a little bit of a misnomer, because think of the word Christianity, Christ, accepting the Christ as the Messiah. Once you've accepted the Jesus as the Christ, as the Messiah, you have become a Christian. Now, you can follow some Jewish traditions and customs. You can go back to the biblical ways. You can identify with biblical Israel. Perfectly reasonable. But there is a confusion when you say Messianic Jews or Jews accepting Jesus. Now you've decided to identify with Jesus as the Christ. Torah are the first five books of the Bible. And you have a copy of the Bible. And if not, it's online. The Talmud are the discussions of the rabbis in the academy in Babylon. We date the Talmud a couple of hundred years on either side of zero. It's a collection of oral laws and discussion of the oral laws. And it's, the Talmud is very, very important because... We're going back in history. We're finding out how scholars understood not just Torah, but oral laws and also experiences of the people. And isn't that what religion is all about? People living their religion? Live Judaism. Live Roman Catholicism. Live Christianity. Live the religion. And that's the goal of all the books and the, and the, the studying and the Talmud then takes the oral law and discusses it. But the Talmud never tells you what to do. It's fascinating. The Talmud gives both the minority and majority opinion. And again, we're right back to the role of a rabbi. The Talmud teaches, now you choose the way, don't let me get in the way, but I want to lay it all out for you. And that's what the Talmud does. It lays it all out for you. And there's commentary on the Talmud. There's commentary on the commentary. And we still discuss Talmud. But there's no Jewish court. There's no Jewish police. There's no one demanding you have to follow this. And that's why we have reform, conservative, orthodox, reconstructionist, renewal, Haredi, and Chabad, and Lubavitch. That's why there are different paths because as we study Talmud, as we study tradition, we come up with some slightly different conclusions. And isn't that our goal? Our goal is to find our way. To answer that question, Habibi, who are you? Right? Judaism is not a closed practice. Anyone can convert in, anyone can join. Send me an email. Talk to me. 
be glad to talk to you about this process. People, however, sometimes make things closed. Hmm. Um, some Jews believe the, the word afterlife is kind of tricky because I have to know how you define afterlife. Because each of us has a belief of what happens after our time on earth ends. I have a physical presence. I also am spiritual. My physical presence will end. This body is already decaying. It's already showing signs of age. It's happened. And eventually, my body will not be here anymore. So when we say afterlife, are we saying what happens to us after this physical presence? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. However, there's literature and stories and speculation. And we can say that energy can neither be created nor destroyed, just transformed. So my spiritual energy, if you want to call it a soul, a nefesh, a neshama, the ruach is the spirit that keeps me alive and um, that will cease to exist. But my nefesh, my neshama, returns to God. I don't know what that means. So that's why when people say, do Jews believe in an afterlife? We want to take out the word afterlife because I don't know what the definition is or that you're using to ask me. I know what I believe. I believe that we each return to God. That's it. Now you're going to have to fill in the God of your understanding. And you're going to have to think about soul or spirit. Oh, that just disappeared. I didn't get to read it. Yeah, so someone just said mentioned that, that they agreed with my idea about... I mean, we see people die. We see bodies decay. We see dust returns to dust. But who you are, who we are, returns to God. Now, find out. Do some reading. Talk to some people. Look at all different religions. See what conclusions they reach. And I want to introduce workability. Okay? This is how you're going to this is how you're going to do it. Does it make sense to you? When you look out the window over the golf course, the fourth fairway, does these teachings consistent with when I see a fox or a deer? Or are what I'm being told not consistent with what's going on out there? That's work. Does it work? Do the teachings work? And so, just keep looking. Weigh, evaluate. No one has the truth. I don't have the answer. I don't. I'm teaching. I know lots of religions. I know lots about Judaism. And I, I want to lay some. Yeah, if you fill a cup with water from a river, the water does not... Yeah, there's, there's kind of a, a neat question. That's why I asked the question, Habibi, who are you? Yeah, and who are each of, of, each of us? And where are we going? What are we doing here? All of these are religious philosophic questions. And... That's why you're listening to me, because you're curious 
about another answer? You're curious about some more information? You want to hear something, and, and that's um, why I'm here. Allah is God. Adonai means Lord. It's another way to refer to God because I can't pronounce God's personal name. Remember the commandment says, don't pronounce my personal name and has too many vowels and consonants. So we can't pronounce God's personal name. But there are many ways to talk about the one, the source, the power. It's because we all recognize Something exists out there beyond ourselves. And if I use the word God, some people lock into one definition. If I say Allah, some people lock into one definition. Don't lock into one definition. Think of the one, think of God as outside of us. The force, if you will. Okay? And so we're talking about terminology, names. And when we look at the different names, what we see behind it is the one, something beyond us. And when we use a particular name, it reflects a particular religion. And so we're going to say, well, he said Adonai, and therefore Jewish, and and he said Allah is Muslim, and, and they go along with this. And That's a link. However, if we take it one step beyond, then we find we're talking about something outside of ourselves that always was, always will be, something out there. I don't understand. Okay. Yeah, you know, someone mentioned uh, God's personal name. It almost, if you pronounce or try to pronounce the contents of vowels, it's almost like breathing. What could be a better name for God than, than inhaling or breath or that which comes inside? What a great word. And it's up to us to understand my relationship, our relationship with God. Now, we also use the word pastor or reverend, preacher. The word father is not appropriate in Judaism because we have no sacraments in Judaism. In the Episcopal Church and the Roman Catholic Church, there are the seven sacraments. And you need someone ordained to perform those sacraments. Hence the term father to refer to a Catholic priest or an Episcopal Someone as an Episcopal minister, or an Episcopal priest, or an Anglican priest. That that would be the appropriate use. Uh, when I was a chaplain for uh, 40 years, I lost, when I was a, some of my older patients would sometimes call me Padre. Because in the, during World War II, most of the chaplains were Roman Catholic priests. Therefore, they called them father, so they used the word padre. So that became a generic term for all chaplains. And I was always honored by my very old World War II veterans when they t- called me padre, because it really meant they saw my me 
as the role of their chaplain and something special. It wasn't that they saw me as a Roman Catholic priest or as Roman Catholic or uh, Christian or anything. They used that title to honor me, and I considered it an honor. And on occasion, someone would refer to me as Father Block, and I just get to know the person and see. And more often than not, it was a way to honor me because that's what they always called their is Padre, as in the San Diego Padres, yeah. It's kind of uh, it's kind of a funny use of the word, but that's it. Uh, now, if someone asked me, where am I from? I would have to, I would have to respond by saying, how far back do you want me to go? Do you want me to trace my, my lineage, my family back? Or is it just enough to say from Boston? And we often use the word Israelite, Hebrew, black Hebrew, black Hebrew, Israelite, because we're human beings and we like to catalog things, don't we? We like to put things in a system, right? We like a system and we want to put it in a drawer, a little box. We have to understand that we're cataloging to help us understand and not get so hung up with the words or the terminology that we forget what's behind them. Shalom, Ralph Block. Um, my, my name is Chaim in Hebrew, and it would be Rav Chaim Ben Svi, if, if someone would like to use my, my full Hebrew name, uh, Rav Chaim Ben Svi. So we want to be careful to follow the spirit and not get hung up with literalness or the letter of the law. And that sometimes happens when we catalog. When we say, well, he's a Messianic Jew or he accepts this or he's a black Hebrew or he's something. Where we want to be careful that terms like that are used to try to help us understand, but we won't, don't want to define people by or judge them. No judgment. No no judgment. Uh, and we just want to... Again, we're back to workability. What is? It's very difficult, you know, to accept what is. As human beings, we really have a, have a hard time accepting what is. We, we want to see things differently. We want to modify it. But as some of you have... Melech is king. Someone said, how do you say Rex in Hebrew? If you mean Rex, meaning the word king, it's Melech. I'm not quite sure what, what you're asking. Asking, right? Yes. I sometimes define myself as a progressive rabbi because, yeah, yarmulkes are not mentioned in, in scripture. Wearing a yarmulke is not Mosaic law. It's cultural. It's out of the Middle East. Look at the news. Whenever you see individuals who are from the older tribes in the Middle East, they wear a keffiyeh. They wear a head covering of some kind. And the yarmulke, we trace back to having been a semi-nomadic people in the Middle East that we had our heads covered. It's not mosaic. It's not even considered a sacred item. It's a piece of cloth. It's 
And it's also fascinating that if one's wearing a hat and you go into a church, you take it off out of respect. If you walk into a temple, synagogue, or shul, you cover your head out of respect. Cultural. And that brings up another consideration. How much of what we follow is cultural? And still important. I'm not saying it because it's not important. But, uh, sure, we can... Jews can go into church. There's no prohibition. There might be a cultural prohibition. There may be something in the group you belong to, but there's nothing that would prohibit. I co-officiate at Jewish Christian weddings, and I've co-officiated in many, many churches. Many churches, Habibi. And God said it was okay because we're all God's children. We're all created in God's image. I went to Boston College for my undergraduate work. Then I went to seminary for five years. So rabbinic training for the reform movement is a total of nine years after high school. In answer to your question about how... And then I was ordained a rabbi. And I can't say God's real name because... The vowels, you can say Jehovah, but that's not the vowels. You can say Yahweh, that's not the vowels. And that was intentionally done by our scribes. You know, we can, I mentioned this last week, we can violate every one of the Ten Commandments except one, using God's personal name in an oath, because we can't pronounce his personal name. So we can never violate that commandment. But that's okay, because... It's not about saying God's personal name. Um, I do not support a lot of things that Israel is doing today. If it helps, I'm a Zionist with a small Z. I'm not a Zionist with a capital Z. And I don't support the present Israeli government. I think it's way off base. I think it's very, very wrong in its chauvinism, in the way it's treating non-Jewish citizens and Jewish citizens. And I think think that it's going to create a problem. You know, the Holy Spirit is the Shekhinah. The Shekhinah, it's a dove in Christianity, Holy Spirit, but the Shekhinah is God's holy presence. And isn't that the Holy Spirit? God's presence that we can feel? The Shekhinah. And it's a feminine word. It's also fascinating that one of the aspects, one of God's attributes, one of the sides of God is the side that we would depict as feminine. It doesn't mean God's feminine, not God's not man. It doesn't mean any of that. It's how can we describe God? How can we talk about God without um, some attributes, attributes? My personal God is to be a rabbi, is to teach. However, my career has been as a chaplain. And as a chaplain, my goal is to have people reach the God of their understanding. The highest compliment I received while being a chaplain were from my Christian patients. Once a month, once every few months, one of my patients would say to me, thank you very much, Rabbi. I never would have believed that a rabbi would bring me back to accepting Jesus as the Christ. I don't accept Jesus as the Christ. But my goal isn't to make you me. 
That's why that was the highest compliment my patient could say. I helped bring them where they needed to be with their understanding of God. What could be a bigger compliment for a chaplain? It's not about converting. It's not about convincing. It's not about getting anyone else to change. It's about helping each of you be you. Right, Habibi? It's the importance of being earnest to be yourself because everyone else is taken. And that's my goal. Now, it's not stupid for the United States to support a democracy in the Middle East. It's politics. And sometimes we need to use politics, we use to use relationships to get people to change their views. But Israel's a democracy. And we want to support Israel, even though the present government isn't what we want to see and do. So it's up to our diplomats to see if they can nudge them into a better direction. We always want to support, yes, it is a democracy. Unfortunately, uh, the BB, the present prime minister, is leading us away from democratic institutions down a very bad path. But the Israeli constitution is uh, a democracy. Yes, there is no hell in Judaism. Um, God's love, we all go back to God, and that's worthy of a more than just the last three minutes in explaining uh, our con- Jewish concepts of heaven or hell. But just let's leave it that created in God's image, a piece of God in each of us, when our bodies give out and our time on earth is done, this spirit goes back to God. No eternal punishment, nothing bad, no threats. That's not God. Nah. We just go back and we'll all find out what that means. Well, just like I mentioned, my time on earth will come to an end. My time this evening has come to an end. If you'd like to email me questions, rabbiblock at hotmail.com. Otherwise, please join me next Wednesday night at 8, and I'll be here again live. Thank you for listening, and thank you for watching.